Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, you know this verse because this year we are reigning, right? It's our time to reign, and we reign because we remain seated. We're seated in him. And so thrones are in kingdoms, not in religions. And Jesus has seated us with him. Past tense, it's already done. So positionally, we are on a throne with King Jesus. And we have his authority, all right? And so that's very important for us to recognize and continue to renew our minds that we're not waiting to have authority. We already have authority in the name of Jesus while we are in the earth because Christ gave that to us. All right. Now, when you find out you have an authority or that you are positioned a certain way, that doesn't mean you'll do it. Many people take positions as managers or oversee and they don't always exercise their authority. Sometimes people who don't even have authority exercise authority. So just because Christ has given you authority doesn't mean you're exercising it. And you will not exercise authority if you lack confidence that you can operate in it. So the renewing of the mind is very important so that we can operate in what God wants us to be. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, you know this. It says, then pray then this way, our Father. Whose Father? Come on, whose Father? It's our Father, not Jesus' Father alone. It's our Father. Very important. So we're, we're raised up, seated in heavenly places. We're joint heirs with Christ. Christ is our brother, not our daddy. Jesus is not your daddy. Jesus is your brother. The fa- Father God is your father. The same father that Jesus has is the same father we have. So our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name or holy is your name. Your kingdom what? Come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I know this is repetitive, but where I'm going, you know, we always have to kind of come back to these things to put ourselves in remembrance. So there's a, a, an extreme um, importance that the father wants his kingdom to manifest on planet earth. He's not really interested in us leaving the earth to go to heaven in his heavenly kingdom as much as he is about getting that kingdom realm to manifest on the earthly side. And the way that happens is through us, his children. So as I was, you know, going through some things that I had um, taken notes on or some phrases, you know, again, I'm just in this season where there's a lot of things. I'm like, there's something there. God's going to say something there. Let me write that one down. And the one that I was at today thought I would maybe minister is the power of the gift. Wow. It's amazing. And I wanted to preach that one, but not my will, his will be done. Uh, We'll get to it one day. But there was a phrase that came up in my reading, and I'm like, wow. So I had to do some studying. How would you like to know what the Father publicly said about Jesus? I'm not saying scripturally. I'm not even saying prophetically. I'm saying when Jesus was on the planet and dad talked and others heard besides Jesus what he said. In essence, it becomes a public recognition from the voice of the father. Well, the first account we see of this, and this is very significant for us because Jesus did a work that we're supposed to do. He said, the works that I do even... Well, would you want your father to have some public recognition about you? Let's look at this. The first one we'll find in Matthew, three of the gospels record this, and we're going to look at all of them so you can see them. And it says this, after being baptized, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, and after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him, and behold, a voice. What? What was it? A voice. Now, who's this voice? It's the Father. It doesn't say it's the Father. You know it's the Father because of what the voice says. And the voice out of the heaven says, this is my So that means he's a father, right? So he says, this is my son, the beloved, my beloved son, in whom I am what? What do you say about Jesus? That he was what? He publicly said, 
while John the Baptist, and I don't know who all else was around being baptized at John at the time because we don't have those individuals recorded, but we know John wasn't out there by himself. He was baptizing people. And this voice came from heaven and said when Jesus came up and the Spirit of God came upon him, he said, this is my son. And what was a recognition of his son? Because he could have just said, that's my boy. Many of us go, that's my boy. Well, that's my son. Man, that's my son. Well, what about your son? The father just didn't acknowledge he was his son. He acknowledged something about his son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, the fact that the father says he's well pleased implies he could be not pleased. Okay. I mean, the minute, and you think, how could he not be pleased with Jesus? The same way he cannot be pleased with you. But he was pleased with Jesus. So what did Jesus do that God could acknowledge that I'm well pleased with him? But before we answer that question, let's look at the other gospels. In Luke chapter 1, verse 11, it says it this way. Luke wrote it this way. And a voice came out of heaven and says, you are my beloved son in whom I am. What? Well pleased. Luke and Chapter 3, verse 22 says the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. So three, let everything be confirmed by what? Two or three witnesses, Matthew, Mark, and Luke acknowledge that this event took place based upon John the Baptist testimony and others that were there because guess who was not there? Matthew, Mark, and John. Now, John the Baptist was, but not the Apostle John, because Jesus has not yet called them to discipleship. He's not said, come follow me. In fact, if you read the Matthew account, this comes after. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the disciples didn't even see this event took place. John the Baptist was led on by the Spirit of God. The Father let him know, now when you see the one whom the Spirit comes upon, without measure, he's the guy. Right. And that's why John announced, here comes the lamb that was slain who takes away the sins of the world, right? Okay. So these three guys weren't eyewitnesses, but they had testimony witnesses of individuals that saw it, and they all recorded the same phrase, in whom I am well pleased. Now, if you've been with Anchor Faith long enough, you know where we're going in the realm of being pleased, and it's over in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, and without, without what? Without faith, it is, what is it? What is it? Now, God can do the impossible. Well, God can do the impossible because God's a faith God. But if faith's not there, then impossible is present. And what he's saying is, and without faith, it's impossible to what? So if you're not operating in faith, the father could not look at you as his child and say, I am pleased or well pleased. A requirement as a child of God to have an acknowledgement from your, because you understand right now, we live in a society, all of us. We've all grown up this way, and some of the things that we deal with in our current society, especially with the broken home and the absentee of the father, is that many youth are making decisions because they just want to do one thing, please their father. I mean, they will not even know where their father is, but their whole life will look to try to find them. And when they find them, you know what they want to hear? That they're proud of them. Oh, I'm, am I preaching tonight or not? I mean, y'all with me? Okay. I mean, they're doing this thing. All the, and even, even if they're in a home where there's mom and dad, the children are wanting to please. They want some kind of acknowledgement from that figure. And that's not by accident. It's because we really want acknowledgement from God. We, we want our dad in heaven. Nobody wants dad to be 
Well, I'm I'm taking you anyway, so. I mean, come on. Seriously? You all have had experience with family members where they were disappointed. Well, come on. And you felt bad. You didn't feel good about that. You wanted them to have a joy about you being their child. And he said, this is my son in whom I'm what? I'm well pleased. Which tells us then Jesus was a man of faith. Because without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is first and foremost and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And Jesus in the Matthew account tells John, he said, I need you to baptize me. And remember John has said, I'm not even worthy to untie the man's shoes. Right? He says, you should be baptized in me and I should not be baptized in you. And Jesus says, permitted at this time so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. In essence, the father wants it this way. So I'm doing what dad says. And when he habitually did what dad said, he kept himself in a position that the father's well pleased. So much so that the father up to this moment in his life, and notice, he's not worked one miracle. Which tells me that Jesus from the day he was born and as he grew as a child, and we know that when he was around 13 year old and he was in the synagogue and he was like talking to all the religious people and they were like blown away at his wisdom at such a young age. And remember mom and dad come back after three days because they're all concerned or longer than that because it was three days they realized he's gone then they had to come find him. And they're like, found Jesus in the synagogue and said, why, did, why weren't you with the family? What's the problem? He said, didn't you know I'd be about my father's? So that means the father in heaven was watching him since birth. And everything he was doing was pleasing. And he hasn't even done ministry yet. And he's got an acknowledgement from his dad publicly. That's my son in whom I'm well pleased. He's doing everything I say. He's doing everything I say. He's doing everything I say. Now, I do want you to know that when you're living the life of faith and you're doing the word of God and you realize that you are a child of God pleasing to him, it doesn't take but a, another verse for someone to challenge if you are the son of God. Right? You're going to have many moments that are going to challenge if you are God's child. If you are. And they'll do it more so. I mean, not more so, but... It, it, it can affect our minds more so because we used to live on the other side. We used to be in the domain of darkness. We used to have a different daddy. Our daddy used to be the devil. Right? Satan, he used to be our da daddy. We used to do his bidding. He was a horrible father. But God. I said, but God, being rich in mercy, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when we gave our lives to Jesus, then he transferred us out of that domain and put us into a kingdom domain with Jesus, where now we have a heavenly father that will be pleased. He loves us. But are we pleasing to him by living a life of faith? And it's interesting, the first voice of God to acknowledge the Messiah the lamb, publicly so others could hear, his acknowledgement of him was, I'm well pleased. Not, wait till you see the miracles this boy's about to do. You have no idea how prosperous he's going to be. You don't, this is my beloved son, he's going to change the world. This is my beloved son, he can be anything he wants to be. This is my beloved son, and I sure do miss him because he's down there and I'm up here and I can't wait till he dies so he can come back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is my beloved son, and that's a man of faith right there. That's a man of faith. But that's not the only time the father had a public acknowledgement. There's only one other time in Scripture, in the Gospels, literally, that he, while this is why Jesus' ministry, why he's on the earth. I'm not talking about what the prophet said about Jesus. I'm not talking about what Jesus said, dad told me. 
I'm talking about the voice of the Father coming out of heaven so that others on earth could hear what he was saying about Jesus. So the next one, we'll go back over into the Gospel of Matthew. And it says this, we'll start in verse, or chapter 17, start in verse 1. It says, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led him up to a high mountain by themselves. Now listen, why am I going here tonight? Because the Father wants you to know that he wants to publicly recognize you. But these are things that his children do that allow that kind of, this is what he notices that gets his mouth talking. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to say when you go to Publix one day, you know, you know, when Ricky gets there and all of a sudden the heavens open up in Publix while he's on aisle three, this is my beloved son, Ricky, in whom I'm well pleased. My point about this is that a lot of times as children of God, we tend to lean towards certain things that are ours by authority and think it's more impressive or it demonstrates God, yet the king of the universe, of all creation, when talks about his son, there are some very specific things he's keyed in on. That's really more important than how many people you raised from the dead. How much water you turned into wine. How many seas you parted. How many blind eyes came open in your ministry. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, like, if I ain't doing enough, how do I know dad's pleased with me? Well, you know what? If you're doing what he's told you to do right now. Because a lot of times, here we are as believers, we get born again, get into God's kingdom. We just want daddy to say, man, because we know he loves us. I mean, that's like off the table thought process, right? God loves me. Everybody pretty much can accept that concept that God loves them. So there's something about that pleasing that we're really thriving for. Because even if you're not in faith, that doesn't change God's love. Because God is love. He's still love. But yet, we want to do because we really want dad to be like, that's my, that's my child. We want him to be, for lack of a better word, proud of us. We do not want to be a disappointment to our heavenly father. And neither did Jesus. Neither did Jesus. So verse 2, it says it this way. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his garment became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud, look at this, overshadowed them and behold, a voice. Here's that voice again. Second time, a voice of the cloud said, this is what? My beloved son. Who's talking? The father's having his voice heard again by someone other than Jesus. With whom I am well pleased, said the same thing, which means Jesus is still living by faith. But then he says one more thing. He says what? Listen to him. Uh-oh. Listen to him. Now let's look at the other gospels. We're going to look at... Um, um, Mark, and then we'll look at Luke. Because again, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this. John does not record either of these events, John baptizing him or this, even though John was present. He doesn't record it. But look what Mark says. Mark says it this way. Mark says, then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Now look what he records. Listen to him. He didn't record, I'm well pleased. He records, listen to him. Listen to him. Luke, chapter 9, verse 35, he says it this way. Then a voice uh, came out uh, of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, uh, my chosen one. Listen to him. So notice both Luke and Mark acknowledge, acknowledge the listen part and don't even go to the please part. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't say 
pleased, right? Because he obviously said it. And Peter will acknowledge it as well. I didn't give it to them, but I'll uh, run over and find it real quick. Uh, it's actually found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. Peter said this, When we received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, meaning the transfiguration we're talking about, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, and that's all he said. So Peter, who was there, heard the well pleased, but he doesn't write, listen to me, but we know he says listen to me because Mark and Luke record and Matthew that not only is God still pleased and well pleased now he says something a little bit more about his son he says listen to him which is very interesting it had created this thought in me when I read this and I pinned it down and this was the thought that I had that I ran across today so many people are just trying to accept Jesus but not listen to Jesus Many times we preach a gospel about accept Jesus, not you're going to need to listen to him. <laughs> because when we only talk about accept that he died on the cross, rose from the dead, that he poured out his blood, and that his blood forgives you of all your sin, now accept him. Well, who wouldn't accept that? I mean, really, who in their right mind doesn't accept that? I mean, I understand there's a lot of people that aren't doing that, but I'm talking about just on a very watered-down basis when we have just that element of it, and we say just accepting, you know, as your Savior, because, you know, that's better than Lord. Uh, but people say Lord without describing Lord, because we know Lord means supreme in authority, which gives us the indication he should be telling you what to do in your life, and you've yielded to submit to listen to him. But we love Savior Jesus because I don't want to die and go to hell because of all my sin. And if that guy took it and all I got to do is acknowledge it and say, I accept the fact that you took all my pain and suffering and that's all I got to do to have eternal life, I'll do that. Because at the end of the day, I can then live my own life like I've always lived my life and know that his blood's been applied. I accepted him, so he's got to accept me when I die. But the gospel doesn't preach in accepting Jesus. The gospel actually preaches, Jesus did this for you, so you calling Lord, because at the end of the day, I'm well pleased. Why is God well pleased? Oh, I don't want to say that. I'm not going to say it. I can't say it that way. Hallelujah. The reason he, Jesus is the man who knew no sin. Everything that had to be done, Jesus did. It had to be done. There could not be a different way to do it. Jesus could not have done everything right and then get to the cross and in that last moment, all of a sudden, start getting in the flesh. And start cussing out the Roman soldiers. And looking at the thieves and saying, you ought to go to hell. You think you've had a bad day? I've had a bad life. Came down here to help you guys out. Performed all these miracles. And now you've been beating my body. I'm about to bleed out. You know, I'm beat so bad you can't tell I'm a man. And you're going to tell me. I'm sorry, Dad. Listen, forgive me. I just had a moment. Yeah. You know, that would have been an eternal moment. Yeah. Daddy could not have forgiven him if he'd have had that moment and accepted him as the lamb that was slain without spot or wrinkle. Oh, I wish I could say it another way, but it create a ripple effect of controversy. Although it's truth nonetheless, and it would change your life forever, but you're not ready yet. You're just not ready. <sighs> Everything required, Jesus met. And was blameless. 
even death on the cross. He was a man of faith. Even in the grave, he's a man of faith because he spoke it. He said, in three days, I'll come up. So on the first day, I can't stay. Second day, well, maybe I was wrong. It's pretty bad down here. No, no, <laughs> no. You hear what I'm saying? He was a man of faith. And here's the thing. Because he became a man of faith, it gave him the ability to have a voice. And the Lord's brought him to this moment. Because this is what's so awesome about the transfiguration is actually an insight into another time that when Jesus comes back glorified in all of his regal authority. You understand, he does not come back as a suffering servant. He comes back as the reigning king. And he will rule this earth with people like us in sin. Those who were in sin, I mean, we're not because we're born again, but those who were not are not, they'll still be on planet earth when he returns for his millennial reign. But he'll be in that glorified body because he's already shown up in the planet in his glorified body already as a witness for about 40 days to 500 people. They saw him walk through walls. It was pretty amazing stuff. But they got a glimpse of that moment. And what was he saying? The minute this guy finishes my assignment and does all that I'm well pleased with, then he'll have been authorized the voice that will reign supreme for all eternity. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Don't you know we need to be listening to the Lord? We need to listen. Look what Jesus said. Jesus kind of ties up this concept of living by faith and, 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 and having a voice of God or what he's saying in John chapter 8, verses 28 to 31. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are what? How often does he do them? Does he take a day off? Does he take a day off of faith? <laughs> does he like, man, I just can't go to another faith project with you, Dad. I'm tired. I mean, I've done enough sewing. Oh, okay. I mean, again, a lot of times we're bringing our natural, how we used to live, how the world shows us is a comfortable way of living, you know, just get to this place. But yet God wants us to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So he says, I'm always doing what, I'm always doing what pleases him and without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him. So the minute Jesus went into one community and did all that the father told him he'd do in that community, he's like, where do I go next? Let's get to the next faith project. And I'm going to the other thing. And he's talking to dad because we're going to the next thing because I'm always doing what's pleasing to him. I don't take a day off from pleasing my father. I don't take a day off of living by faith. I don't even, I don't take a day. I don't, there's no such concept. I don't know what it means. Why? Because my father's words are life and we need to recognize that we can't take a day off of faith because life exists because of the word because how does faith come faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God I would conclude to you faith comes by hearing period whether it's from God's word or the devil's word it comes what the writer of Romans Paul is saying is like faith comes by hearing you get yours from the word of God now you get yours from the word of God because you can believe what the, the world's selling right now concerning a pandemic and what the world's selling right now about an economy and what the world's selling about leaders and what the world's selling about how we're supposed to respond to each other. Or you can get your belief system from the Word of God, which is the only place that you can please the Heavenly Father. So you can't positionally in any sector of society take a position outside of the word of God and be pleasing to the Father. Amen. Can't happen. You cannot support a cause outside of God's word. 
and be pleasing to him. The Lord be pleased with me right now because I'm backing these individuals. Did he tell you? See, some of y'all want a global call so bad, you'll jump on any cause. Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda and there's all kind of sick people laid out waiting for something to stir. And the creator of the world passes them all by for one guy. But we want to say, how can we help everybody? See, we don't know how to hear dad's voice because God's not assigned you to help everybody. God's not, ask, God's not asked me to go to Dubai. He's not asked me. Now, he'll probably let me do some assignments there, but he sure had told me to pick up my whole family and move there. Not like Dr. Joe, but Dr. Joe's going there. Danielle's going there. They're ministering there. They're there day in and day out. They're there living the life of faith. They're there risking their lives for a king who says, man, I got you here. I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to go help all the people that are there. I'm going to help all the Arabs that are there he didn't call me to the Arabs now does God love them yeah but it's not my assignment to go over there all the time and yet Jesus Christ only doing what dad says walks into a bunch of sick people that day and picks one guy out that's been sick for 38 years that wasn't even believing for him this is why I know dad sent him on an assignment because he says, hey, um, so what's up with you? He said, man, I've been like this for 38 years. 38 years, man. You know, the water down there. You don't know what goes on here? The water. You get stirred by an angel. I mean, I, I mean, at least that's what everybody's telling me. All I know is that when that thing stirs, people get in and the first one in gets healed. I've been here for 38 years and I try to get down there but I don't make it first. I ain't got nobody to get me in there before everybody else. And I went to the pool of Bethesda. That was the most confusing place in my, because, you know, again, you're in Florida. You think of, your, you think of swimming pools, right? And I'm like, here's what you do, man. I mean, it stirs, boom, you're in. That's what you do. But that's not how the pool of Bethesda is. The pool of Bethesda has all these steps associated with it. A lot of porches. It's way different. So I realized, okay, now I realize why that's, have some navigation problems. When it comes to this place, that's why you can't just roll over in. Doesn't work like that. Okay? So Jesus said, Well, take your mat, pick up your mat, you're healed. And that was done by spiritual gift, working the miracles, because as he's carrying his mat out, because he gets his healing, the religious catching me meetings go, You're unlawful right now. You're not supposed to do anything on Sabbath. Why are you doing it? He says, Look, I don't, all I know is the guy who healed my body right now said to pick it up. And he's done way more for me than you have. With all your religion. What was his name? I don't even know. Don't even know. Which tells us he wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't asking for Jesus. He wasn't seeking Jesus. And Jesus shows up with a bunch of sick people and only heals one that day. And we act like it's an injustice if not everybody gets it that day. But Father knows everyone's heart. He knows what's going on. And there was something he knew about this guy that sent Jesus back to him because he found him and he said, now listen, don't sin anymore because something worse will come on you. You know what that tells us? That tells us that people get healed in services, then go on and sin again, then get something worse, and they blame God and say they didn't get it when the reality is they brought it back to themselves and it was never God's fault in the first place. My point is there must have been something the Father knew about this man's heart was ready to turn and change at a word after this manifestation because when Jesus went back and said, don't sin anymore so nothing worse, which means he must have capacity and maybe the rest of them only wanted their healing so they could continue to do their sinful deeds. You know, sometimes healing pe people don't get healed in services. Sometimes now, not all times, is because they have no desire to change and God knows it. But what do we see? We think God has to heal everybody. 
Well, he doesn't have to heal everybody, but he has made a way for everybody. That is a true statement. I said he has made a way for everybody. And don't think that God's not the most righteous in the realm of justice than anyone. He's the most righteous because he has an inside track to stuff you have nothing of. We are so led by our spirit or by our eyes when it comes to helping people and not more by our spirit. We need to fine tune that because I'm telling you these days to come, you're going to have to be able to navigate because why? God wants to use you. And you can become a person not used of God because once God starts to use you, you think you can work that anywhere. When you're not the only child in the room. This is why when I raised my kids, I didn't just, hey, this is my oldest son and whom I'm well pleased. It's my oldest son and my oldest son. And then all of a sudden my other son and my other daughter, I didn't care anything about because I put everything in here. You get to do it all. You get to do it all. No, we spread it around so they all could do it. So that they all could have some tasks that were like, man, we're so proud of you. You're so awesome. We're so excited you did that. But if I didn't give them opportunity... But yeah, like, I, you want to be the only one who can lay hands on the sick, the only one who can cast out the devil, the only one who can do That's not how this works. It means, Lord, send me to who I need to be. I'm going to be pleasing to you because I'm going to do exactly what you said in this moment. And even if I walk past five sick people and get to this one, and even though I know you can, there must be another child of yours that you're going to bring by their path or they need a few more days before you're getting somewhere. I've learned as I get a little bit older that it, all I got to do is just do what dad says. How the person responds is irrelevant. Whether they reject God or accept God, I have the responsibility to say or to do whatever he said. And notice Jesus said, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Verse 30, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed, look what he said to him. He says, if you what? Continue, which what's that imply? You can quit. So again, we're selling and accepting Jesus a lot of times instead of you're coming into the household and dad wants to be so excited about you and this is how you get dad excited you live by his word and you listen to him because if you continue in my word then you are truly my disciple so you you and let me say it this way and we get this this is where you know, we know that we've had challenges amongst the church community, right? Is that we want to define God, but only God has a right to do that. And God, who is the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the author of words, so he has the right to define every word. So he's the one who tells us what his disciple looks like. We don't get to say, well, because I asked Jesus into my heart to save me, and I go to church occasionally, that means I'm a disciple. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus qualified what his true disciple looks like. Now, I'm not going to say you're not in a family. I'm just saying if you're going to be a disciple, you have to continue. And come on, I ain't going to have you show your hands, but I'll show my hand. I know what it feels like to not do what dad said and how that made me feel. I knew I'm out. Now, I knew I had not lost my relationship with my father, but I knew that I had strained the relationship because I'm trying to get him to be away with me that he can't be. And I'm the one missing it here. I'm not doing it. Now, if I ask for hands, I'd probably get more than mine because all of us have done some things where like, I know I didn't listen. I didn't do what he said. I didn't do what he said. I know what I heard, and I didn't do it. And man, I feel horrible. Well, thank God we can repent, right? We can say, Lord, forgive me, man. I blew that right there. And he's like, I forgive you, right? What are we doing? We're restoring that relationship so that things can flow like it is. Why? Because we want to be well pleasing to our Father. I have some of y'all come up and say, man, I felt like I had a word, right? And I didn't give it, you know? Well, why do you feel that way? 
because you heard something. You didn't act on what dad said. So you know, I just sense he's not pleased with me. And you're right, he's not pleased. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but he's not pleased. And many aren't coming to church today, not because God doesn't love them. And not even so much because of condemnation. It's more because they know dad's really not pleased with how they're living. I mean, who wants to be around someone that's not pleased? Many of you walk in the room, they know. Well, they're disappointed in me. I'm just a disappointment. Right? That's why some people don't want to come talk to me. Well, I, pastor, be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, and why is there disappointment? Because God, listen, why would God take a position of not pleased? You're trying to get dad who took his own son, put him in a skin suit, who lived the perfect without fail life for you. Not for him, for you. So he could be the sacrifice that would stand in the gap. Then, not only that, he takes the blood, puts it on the mercy seat for the forgiveness of sin, but it's better. Because then he takes the spirit in you that was dead and rebellious to God, snatches it out of your skin suit, puts a brand new spirit man in the likeness of Jesus Christ, and then positionally puts you on a throne with him, then moves the third person of the Godhead into your skin suit. That now with an empowerment of grace causes you to be able to actually live as Christ lived with the leading of the Spirit of God, not only in you, but upon you with power. And he's put everything at your disposal to always do what he asks. So you understand why the Father's like, yeah, I'm disappointed. Because I'm looking at power. Power. Wonder working power. <laughs> That's not working. In you. I'm working. I'm always. I've not cut off the supply of the Spirit to you. I've not cut off forgiveness to you. I've not cut off grace to you. I mean, these two moments, they, you know what? He never acknowledged Jesus publicly. Wow, look how a miracle worker he is to the crowd. Look how many followers he has. This is my son. Look at the crowds. Look how big his church is. That's my boy. Look how many people give to him. Look at his garment. There's not even a hem. It's like, wow, they're like, the Roman soldiers are casting lots to get his clothes because they're so amazing. That's my beloved son who has nice clothes. None of those things. But he says, I'm well pleased with him. And now you need to listen to what he says. See, when we live a life of faith, we'll gain a voice. Now, it's not our job to tell people what to do. It's our people to tell people what Jesus says to do. But if we don't live a life of faith that we believe the word ourselves and do it, why would others listen to our voice when we say the Lord would want you to do this? Because the father honestly wants to say, Trevor, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And go look over at a coworker and say, now you need to listen to what he says. Because he knows just like Jesus, I don't speak anything on my own initiative, but only what I hear the Father say. And Trevor, I don't speak anything on my own initiative, only what I hear the Spirit say, because he's hearing my king seated on the throne that I'm seated with, who's listening to the Father. And my advice to you from the Word of God is this. When they see you live a life that's pleasing, then they'll listen to your voice. Or at least your voice will have power. Let's put it that way. Because some of them didn't even listen to Jesus. Right? 
Galatians chapter 3, a couple verses, we'll close. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says this, for, for you are all sons of God, how? Through faith in Christ Jesus. So we first became pleasing to God because we acknowledged that I can't have a relationship with the Father but through Jesus. My life, doing it myself is not going to work. It's just not going to happen. And so, the, so I'm going to have to, by faith, believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave. I confess him as the Lord of my life. I repent of that lifestyle. I, I, I'm not going back to that. I'm done with it. And the Bible says that he makes us a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things become new, and the Holy Spirit comes in and bears witness with our spirit. We're children of God. Then the next acknowledgment of our sonship is this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for all who are being what? Led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So not only are we becoming children of God by faith, but then we are to demonstrate our sonship by listening. Now, Dr. Joe, didn't y'all have a church in California before y'all went out? So here he is in California, has a church, thriving ministry, pastoring like I am in St. Augustine. And the Lord says, you're done. You're leaving the United States. And now you're going to travel over there and start one in that other country. And he said, yes, Dad. And Dad said, that's my son. I'm well pleased with him and Danielle. Because they didn't say, wait a minute now. I live in America. I'm a pastor. You know, we got a good salary. This is a very comfortable life over here. You know, we have just some nice things. Da, 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 da. Aren't you happy with us, Dad? We've done a good job. Dad's only happy one way. Only pleased one way. Just do what I say. Because what I say is life. And your, your, your life's not your own. I need your life to be a demonstration for someone else's life. For some of us, maybe we never leave the city we grew up in, born in. And that doesn't mean God's not pleased with you. This is what's so amazing about learning this tonight is that you don't have to be a missionary to Africa or Dubai or to China to be pleasing to dad. You don't have to be a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or a teacher or an evangelist to be pleasing to dad. You don't have to be any. All you have to do is do what he says, be a doer of what he says, right where you're at, and as just as well pleased with you as he is with someone that he decides to pick up and move halfway around the world. And you have the capacity to listen to him just like I have a capacity to listen to him. Just like, you know, Seth came up to me and he realized we don't really have any work this coming week. So he's talking to his dad about it. I'm talking about his heavenly father. Said, dad, you know, what's up with, you know, not having really any, why, why did it seem to slow down this week? And then he, the Lord's like, well, I need you. So he comes to me and says, what can my guys that work for me do for you next week? Now, you know what I'm thinking, because dad said, I need you to go to Tulsa and minister. I'm like, but dad, <laughs> right, we've got a school that's launching, and we got work to do. And the Lord said, that's all right, I got other sons. So, you know, and then I got one son of God, Joshua, who was going to go with me, says, I just believe dad wants me to stay back. Mm -hmm. I was paying his trip. Paid for. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's what's pleasing. Yeah. I could have had an opportunity to go, but dad says I really should stay to finish this so that you, you go because we don't actually all have to go. You know what? He, he's given up some really cool things that we're going to do. I had another one today call me and say, I'm not going. I've got some things for Washington we need to do for orientation. Some other stuff happening. And I'm thinking, wow, dad's pleased. Because I could have just as, you know, the pastor of church say, Man, we got to, you're not going now, and you're not going. And I could have dictated that, and they'd listen, but they actually heard God. Some that don't even work for the ministry, and then those that work for the ministry are hearing God because God says, I got a generation I want to change. 
Just like in this room, many of you have come and helped at different various times because you know God's saying something. And that's a sacrifice. I get it. But you know what? He's pleased. But you, if he didn't tell you to come one week, it's okay. Guess what? He sent another child. But at the end of the day, it's going to get done. But now if he talked to you to come and you were like, yeah, but I want to be off this weekend. <laughs> that's another conversation between you and daddy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. So all we have to do is to get a public recognition of our Heavenly Father. You understand what I'm saying. What, what is so impressive to our dad in heaven that caused him to talk is are you living by faith and are you listening to what he's saying? Very important. That's what he saw about our King, Jesus. And that's what he should see with us. Let's pray. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. 